Hi, welcome to Colonial Williamsburg, past and present, on History.org. This is Behind the Scenes, where you meet the people who work here. That's my job. I'm Lloyd Dobbins, and mostly I ask questions. A map was drawn and then forgotten. For an airless century, it lay tucked in a book as though holding the page for a reader who would never return. Few documents have been of greater importance to Williamsburg restoration than this yellowed page, known only as the Frenchman's Map. Colonial Williamsburg's Ed Chapel, who is Robert's Director of Architectural Research, is here to tell us what the map meant to the men who found it. It is, in relative terms, I guess a fairly newly found document compared to when it was prepared. So it's, uh, I don't want to say it's a new document, but it's sort of newly found. Well, I think that's right, that there's um, no early known provenance for this. The first we know is when it was um, uh, found by a collector in New York and given to the College of William and Mary, and then uh, first focused on with great attention um, in the late 1920s when the Boston architects, Barry Sean Hepburn, worked with W.A.R. Goodwin, John D. Rockefeller, and everyone um, on the restoration. It was very useful for them because uh, it sort of captures the town in uh, full glory, in full bloom, um, at the end of the Revolutionary War. Um, so the town suffered some in, in the Revolutionary period, but it's really the third quarter of the 18th century, the quarter century before the war, uh, that the town fleshes out to the degree that we think of it today. The map captures it at that moment. It is the Frenchman's map. is an overhead view looking straight down on the town of Williamsburg as it appeared in 1782. All the buildings are in there, though probably not to scale, I should think, and the streets are there, and it's all laid out, and you know exactly where things are. And so if you're trying to restore the town, it's a good reference to go back to and say, okay, this is here, and this is here, and this is here, though probably not exactly like this. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes it's remarkably detailed. It's particularly useful in, when it shows subdivisions of properties with fence lines. So it shows uh, what appear to be porches at the fronts of buildings at the east end of Duke Gloucester Street uh, or peculiar little fence lines that open up the street front to the front door. So at times it can be remarkably detailed and then at times it's frustratingly incomplete. Um, it's a grand map. It's, it, it's pretty clear that it was never finished. Uh, I would say it's about 95% finished. There are uh, parts of complexes like Peyton Randolph, as you cite, uh, that are largely incomplete. Uh, and parts of the map, he shows uh, formally planted trees, trees planted in a formal pattern, say, along Palace Green, around the Custis block, uh, northeast of the coffee house site. Uh, but then at other times, he'll leave a, a large area. Um, uh, undefined. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty clear he didn't finish. 
Uh, you, you have said the cartographer a couple of times. We don't know who he was. That's right. That's right. We assume that the person was French because most of the inscriptions are in French, although they're done in a number of hands and there's some English on the drawing. Um, it really looks like it comes out of the sort of French school of military cartography. Um, uh, European warfare was regularized and turned to developed into sort of a science in the late 17th and 18th century. And a part, part of that kind of professionalization, uh, specialization of the military was to have the capability to develop these complex plans. Now, most of them done by the French army in this region are not this detail. They tend to show the topography in general terms and the position of the armies, particularly where they're camped. Um, there are a number of them from the Williamsburg area that, that, that show this, and the, the, the streets and are, are sketched out and usually buildings not detailed at all. There are a couple of billeting maps, uh, one for Yorktown and um, another for Hampton. They're clearly meant uh, as maps to define where troops are billeted in existing buildings. So Alan Simpson, who's the historian who has looked most, looked most carefully and thoughtfully at the Frenchman's map, suggests that this could, his best guess is a, is a billeting map. But it obviously includes many features that are of absolutely no use in billeting troops. You, know, you don't really care about the elaborate fence lines in that case. You don't really care about the shape of the ravines and the sort of relationship of the topography to the, to the street line, which is all here. Mm -hmm. Now, is that simply because a French cartographer is here, has time, and is being French, perhaps? Um, I think there's no clear answer on, on precisely what this was intended well, for. Uh, Mr. Simpson, uh, he suggests that it might have been a billeting map, and he suggests that there were four people who were in Williamsburg at that time who had the training yes. to do that sort of thing. Yes. Uh, and who had the hand yes. for, for some of yes. the inscription. Uh, but no one's ever tried to figure out which of the four it might have been. That's right. Or I, if indeed it might have been a fifth guy that we've never heard of. Right, right. Well, I think this is a topic that um, is one that, that will be pursued at some point. Yeah. Um, and I would think that the, the principal way to, first way to attack it is to, really look very seriously at the French holdings of cartography. I mean, they are um, generous, if not vast, and they would provide a really, I think in some ways, useful context to, to, to understand how this fits into the larger story of uh, French military cartography. Mm -hmm. And it might, you know, there's some chance uh, that one would find uh, paper with the same watermarks, um, notes in the same hand, mm -hmm. and possibly an identity. Um, but I think like so many topics here, even, um, 
kind of principal stories, fascinating topics that have engaged people at Colonial Williamsburg for 50 years. Um, many of them retain a uh, rich possibility of, of new research and development. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I, I suppose somebody at Colonial Williamsburg might someday get a grant to go to France for a year. And <laughs> that, that would be quite Sounds pleasant. quite charming um, and potentially useful. Um, uh, one of the things I found fascinating was that there is a date on the map, and it's 17178. Those are clear. Right. You can't, can't make a mistake. Right. The fourth date could be a one, could be a two, or could be a six. And I found it fascinating how the research was done to find out what was the correct form in writing in yeah. France at that period for the numbers one, two, and six, and the alternative way to write a two is exactly the way it's written on the map. Yes, and I think Alan Simpson, perhaps the most useful thing that he accomplished was to argue very persuasively that it is 1782. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot more sense of it. Well, uh, if it is a billeting map after the siege at Yorktown, when, when French troops did in fact come to Williamsburg. It makes a certain amount of sense if it's 1782 and no sense at all if it's 1786 and very little if it's 1781 because there were no French troops to be billeted. They were all on their way to Yorktown. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, if you read it and you haven't made up your mind yet, uh, there there is a lot to say it's a billeting map by a guy who wanted to do more than just draw buildings. He was interested in some features of, you know, why the buildings were where they were. And uh, that's kind of interesting to me because the guy is going, whoever he was, if it is a billeting map, he's going way further than was required. Yes. Um, I think it continues to be useful to us. It was particularly helpful in the 1920s and 30s when the restoration began and people, researchers, designers, historians uh, were trying to get a hand, handle on the arrangement of the town and the mm-hmm. scale of the lots and uh, particularly before the age of um, stratigraphic archaeology in which um, the connection between foundations or other sorts of architectural remains and datable artifacts were refined. It was useful to be able to say, well, the building was on this particular spot mm-hmm. in, in, in 1782. We don't know when it was built. We don't know when it came down. But it was here. Book, but we know, we know it was here. Um, so in some ways, I think maybe it was more important then than it, than it is now. But it continues to be um, very useful to us. I mean, we know it's a Frenchman. We think we know it's a Frenchman who drew the map. Was he a military officer? We think probably. Was he necessarily a military officer? No. You could be an engineer and not be a military officer. I wish he had at least, you know, signed the back of it <laughs> so we'd know who'd done it. Right. Well, there's also this intriguing possibility that there is somewhere right there in the world another copy. Um, um, there are interesting uh, prick holes over the map, and there seem to be a couple of periods of those. 
I suspect that at least one set is a result of production, is of measuring um, the buildings and, and lot lines, but it's at least possible that this is done as a rough draft um, and that one moved on to a more elaborate map or that there are sketches. Um, who knows? What is there? Ten percent chance there's one, I think, certainly. Yeah, well, I suppose it could be. Uh, I would like to think that if there is a more finished or polished product, that it was better taken care of than being stuck in a book and left for a hundred years. <laughs> I don't well, think. most documents have their have their ups and downs, like buildings. One of the things I think about was, well, suppose we hadn't found the Frenchman's map. Would we still have been able to uh, restore Williamsburg? Well, maybe. But I think not as well. Yeah, well, any restoration is a result of, hopefully, many pieces of data. I've always said when it comes to research, there are two things that you need, skill and luck. And you need them in about equal quantities. That's right. And some hard work. Let us know what you think about the show. Leave your feedback at www.history.org slash podcast. That's Colonial Williamsburg, past and present this time. Check history.org often. We'll post more for you to download and hear. (laughs) 